Coming up today on Podcast 1977, Tesla sues in Sweden, Mercedes unveil another charging hub, and Lotus unveil their 500 kilowatt DC fast charger. Plus, stay tuned, because later in the show I'll tell you what Stellantis just said about the forthcoming US elections. Well, I'm Martin Lee, and this is EV News Daily, and I go through literally hundreds of articles, feeds and stories a day, so you don't have to. And thank you very much to everyone who does support on our Patreon page. Well, Tesla's Model 3 Highland just got crowned the best car purchase of the year from Norway's Motor.no website. The new Model 3 Highland, they said, addressed three, at least two key weaknesses of the original Model 3, like the interior cabin noise and the design. They also flagged inconsistent ownership experiences, but I'm not sure that's unique to Tesla, by the way. But either way, uh, that we'll only know in time, but at least the first two, they say the Highland has fixed the updated interior of the Model 3 is now at least to most people's feel. It looks and feels a little more premium, more luxurious than its predecessor. Also a new quieter, more comfortable cabin. Uh, Key strengths of the Model 3 Highland remain. Lowest consumption, great efficiency, best range, loads of utilisation of the space, high power, great driving dynamics. And also they point out that For all of those things, you get them at a price point unmatched by competitors. And I have to agree, you you guys know that I'm selling my Hyundai Kona at the moment. Bought it for 34 last year. Ultimate trim, nice, really nice car. And um, we just need more room because we've got two little ones. And... um, uh, now worth 22. Holy bazookas. Anyway, so my new budget's 30. And um, it's that, that stings a 12 grand hit in the last year on an EV. Uh, but still, so that's over with Richard at rsev.co.uk now. For somebody to pick that up, they're going to get a freaking bargain for an ultimate spec Kona. However, um, we've got to get something with a bit more boot space because we've got two little babbage, little babies, little uh, little things that carry lots of stuff around with them. And, uh, and we've been looking at a Model 3 that's maybe a year and a half old and less than 30 grand, and like that's 20 grand less than the car cost a, a year and a half, two years ago, and it's a heck of a car. So, I mean, that just gives us a bit more room um, that we need. But I like all the things about the Kona. The Blue Link app is still really, really good, and the efficiency, you know, I plugged, I fully charged it before we took it over to Richard's to sell, and um, it was reading 330-something miles. Now, I don't drive like I stole it. I'm, you know, I'm older now, so I pootle around. But still, wow, that Kona efficiency is crazy. So we'll see what we end up in next. Got to sell this car first, though. Well, Tesla's filed a lawsuit against the Swedish transport agency uh, due to a worker strike hindering the delivery of license plates. This was quite a cunning little way to niggle away at Tesla because the strike, which involved the post-Nord workers in, in Sweden, began on November 20th, last Monday, affecting Tesla's ability to get license plates out there to the new vehicles they needed to in Sweden. Well, the Swedish transport agency refused Tesla's request to collect the plates and then declined alternative distribution methods. So IF Metal, which is the union in Sweden, is currently head-to-head with Tesla regarding collective bargaining for the mechanics. The strike has expanded with members from other unions like dock workers, electricians, even cleaners joining in in sympathy. Tesla maintains a policy of not doing collective bargaining agreements. They say that the mechanics deal that they have is better than if they did sign the agreement. So I'd say, why doesn't Tesla just sign the agreement? Because they're already giving, if Tesla's not lying and they are giving better terms already to the mechanics, well, then no one loses. 
The mechanics get to be part of a union, and Tesla is already exceeding what the union want, so there's no difference. Sign it, crack on. Either way, this one's going to go to court. I don't know how quickly they'll... This should be quite a quick case when they hear it and decide whether Tesla can force those licence plates to get delivered by the unionised postal workers in sympathy with the Tesla mechanics. Tesla also introducing a new promotional offer in the United States. I didn't think I'd see the return of free supercharging, but of course it is a so-called demand lever, as they call it, uh, that they can that Tesla can pull to increase demand. And indeed, they have done that. Tesla is bringing back free supercharging, but only for six months. But still, that's a nice perk for the first six months that you own a brand new vehicle for. So what are the conditions then? Because I think this is quite a big deal, the return of free supercharging. Well, it's threes or Ys, not Ss or Xs. You've got to take delivery by the end of the year. So they're clearly trying to pump as much as they can into this financial year. And of course, remember, next year, we do think that the United States gets the Model 3 Highland refresh that we've already got. That follows recent price reductions on new cars and low mileage vehicles in inventory as well. Supercharging is available for new cars on 3 and Y, not used, not if you're at a business order. Not if the car gets used for commercial purposes. So cab companies can't buy them and get free charging for six months. Tesla has a clause saying that they'll monitor the free supercharging and will revoke it at any time if they deem it excessive. But they don't say what that is, which is annoying because then you could think, well, I've got some road trips coming up in the first six months of the year, but... Is that going to be deemed excessive by Tesla? Do I get it taken away from me? I don't like that. Well, the free supercharging benefit is linked to your account. It's non-transferable, even if the vehicle ownership changes. And that's all uh, to do with Tesla's efforts to boost their financial performance following missed revenue and earnings targets in the previous quarter. Let's talk BMW next. We know that there's a hot M3 version coming uh, of the 3 Series. BMW's head of development, Frank Weber, uh, has confirmed that it will be fully electric, the next M version. But what will it be called? Well, it'll be on the Neue Class platform, and it will debut in 2025. And now two new European trademarks, the Intellectual Property Office and the German Patent Office, have indicated that BMW has reserved IM3. doesn't mean they'll use IM3. Uh, it could be uh, uh, just something that they're doing to stop others using it. Although, they really, BMW is so famous for the M3 that if somebody did try and release an, M- an IM3, they'd go to court and they'd get told to stop it like it happened recently with Audi. So um, I don't that, that to me says that's what the car's going to be called, which is super good because it's another high-performance vehicle. Uh, the M division have said recently that they have technology available now to go quad motor, 1,000 horsepower. Not sure that'll be in the first IM3. That might be. And they'll, oh, think about fast wagons as well, fast estate cars. <laughs> Man, the EV market is just getting so exciting right now. Let's talk about Mercedes next, their German rivals. And Mercedes-Benz just un- inaugurated their first charging park in Germany at Mannheim. Part of their planned HPC network, high-powered charging, is what HPC stands for. Uh, the charging park near the Mercedes branch in Gottlieb Daimlerstrasse uh, reportedly has charging speeds of 300 kilowatts per charger. Now, that's interesting because what they've gone for is a solution there, uh, which is the fourth fast-charging park they've got, by the way, outside of the US and the Chinese ones as well. There's also going to be ones coming in Italy, Spain, France, and more in Germany, I think, next year. But either way, what they've gone for 
is hyperchargers from Alpatronic, and they've gone for a single cable per charger. Now, I'm always a really big fan of single cable per charger because I think for many people who don't understand that a charger can have two or even four cables coming out of it, like the ABB Terra 360s, charging four vehicles at once, I always think that if you can and and you can afford the expense and the luxury of having one charger, one space, one signage, one car, people who maybe aren't as engaged fully understand it. And that's what Mercedes have gone for. So 300 kilowatts per charger, not shared, not dual headed. I think that's very cool, but it's not the cheapest way to do it. I say, or even you can even say the most efficient way to do it. Um, but either way, uh, the Mercedes-Benz EQ cars will show the location of their new charging stations and the availability. You can also reserve them inside the UX of the car and authenticate when you pull into the space base with the Mercedes Me app and the Mercedes Charge Card also working as well, plus, of course, plug and charge. Now, let's talk Lotus, famous British sports car name now owned by the Chinese, of course. Lotus unveiled something a bit special at the recent Shanghai show, and no, it wasn't one of their incredible new vehicles like the Electra, but it was a new Lotus-branded car charger, or rather robotic car charger. You've all seen, I imagine many people listening have seen that famous Tesla video years ago of the robotic arm plugging in the car. That came to nothing, didn't it? But Lotus have actually gone and done it. The charger was shown off at the Shanghai Motor Show with a robotic arm that comes out of it and it connects the Lotus Electra on its CCS connector. Um, They haven't said if it's going to be available outside of China, like in the UK, but there will be certainly 50 of these initially in China and they will be 500 kilowatts for DC fast charging. Now, the Electra can go up to 420. That beats the current best in class, like the Porsche... Uh, Taycan, 270. The Macan, we think the Macan EV will be 270. We know that the Hyundai Kia Kia Genesis GMP architecture will go very fast as well. Uh, The Xpeng G9, what does that do in China? That's 480 kilowatts, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Uh, The European variant is slower at 300. So, uh, Lotus are right up there, or rather their owners, Geely, I should say, with these mega fast chargers. Neo activated their first 500 kilowatt chargers in 12 cities across China. Shanghai was one of those, I think I'm right in saying. Now let's move on and talk about BYD surpassing 6 million EVs or NEVs. That does include plug-in hybrids as well. 6 million is an amazing number since the company uh, first came around in 2008 and more recently jettisoned their combustion business. Now they also make EVs with range extenders and plug-in hybrids, so this all does count towards that. They took 13 years to get to their first million. The second million was done in a year. The company's production accelerated further, third million in the next six months, the fourth and fifth million took nine months each, and they're now at six million NEVs in the last three months alone. They've added a million, which is an amazing number and really outshining everybody, including Tesla, who are at five million EVs, pure EVs, of course, with Tesla, and they'll get to six million. I reckon, ooh, I'm going to be wrong here if I make a prediction, early next year because they're making 2 million vehicles a year 1.8 2 million vehicles a year so early next year tester will hit six. Oh, these numbers are just huge 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 now how does that all tie in with this weird narrative that i've seen floating around the mainstream media that there's some sort of problem in ev world that nobody wants to drive evs anymore they were a flash in the pan we'll discuss that next stick around 
if you'd like your podcast ad-free. And you might not mind the ads to get the free version, but you can strip them out by signing up to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. Now, let's talk about Hyundai halting some of its work on its main factory where they make combustion stuff because they're diverting resources to upscaling their EV stuff. Who said no one was selling EVs anymore? Not me. But some people will try and claim that. Hyundai is temporarily shuttering their South Korean plant in Asan to focus on EVs, aligning with their decision to focus on the electrification of Hyundai Kia Genesis. Hyundai outperformed Ford and GM in the United States recently, where they got second spot in the US EV market with a 7.5 share alongside Kia. Now, of course, Tesla is far ahead, over 50% market share. Hyundai's EV market growth was achieved despite not even being eligible for the Inflation Reduction Act and the $7,500 federal tax credit, but they will be because they are pretty much done with the foundations of their first US EV battery plant. That began, I think, back in October for the foundation's work. That's now done. Uh, Plus, they are also constructing one in South Korea. That started two weeks ago. And this is all about their 2030 targets and just pedaling faster and faster to get more EVs into the hands of customers. But like I say, you read some articles and you, you would think that nobody's buying EVs anymore. More on that at the end of the podcast. Now, the UK government is going to boost motorway EV charging by doing something utterly sensible, which always shocks me when politicians do sensible things, but they have to follow through on it. The UK government says, as part of the King's speech recently, they're going to shake up the planning system in terms of EV fast chargers. They've realised that this is just taking too long because motorway service stations were built with enough electricity to you know, run the cafe, keep the lights on, get your McDonald's franchise going, not to charge a lot of electric cars. A lot of motorway service stations have found that they want to put in 6, 10, 14, 20 EVs chargers, but they can't because the grid connection is years away. And so the government's saying they're going to shake up the planning rules. And uh, in the uh, as part of the autumn budget statement, our Chancellor Jeremy Hunt also talked uh, about how while they're missing the current targets of six high-speed public EV charges at every motorway service station by the end of the year. They won't hit that. Only 23% of our 119 motorway stations have that six DC fast charges. That they, they, they still very much a focus for the government. So we think the government will change next year. Uh, if you look at the polls, pretty almost certainly going to be a Labour government here. I hope they continue that. And I hope they understand that planning is a crucial thing that never gets talked about outside the industry. But the public needs to have that uh, awareness that if they turn up to charge their car, they can't. It's frustrating. It's not for the lack of trying. Let's move on. Denmark is postponing their EV tax increase, which is a great bit of news. Denmark's government, with the opposition parties, are deferring their scheduled tax hike on EVs as part of their new budget, an allocation of 200 million kroner, about $30 million, uh, and that includes an allocation that for next year's budget and the following year's budget to maintain the current exemption of tax on EVs, and that should keep the, the wheel turning very nicely in Denmark. Who said nobody wants to drive EVs anymore? Not me. Stellantis say they're going to brace for any potential 
EV market changes. The CEO of Stellantis, Carlos Tavares, anticipates a potential change in the EV market in the United States, depending on what happens with the elections next year. He says that he's following crucial elections both in Europe and the United States and mentioning the possibility of Stellantis revising their strategy depending on who wins what in the various elections. And the CEO expressed some uncertainty about the impact of potential changes in the CO2 regulations over here in Europe and also in the United States, depending on who gets that top job in the Oval Office. It's one that I'm sure they'll shift their production around the world and send those EVs to places where people do want to buy them. And if they, if they encounter an unfriendly EV atmosphere in the US, uh, I think I, it's pretty clear that the Biden administration are very keen on electrica- electrification. If the alternative happens in the US, uh, we could see that slow down. Those EVs, uh, there'll be lack of investment in the US, and Stellantis will focus, I would think, on China and Europe. So, super interesting. And who says nobody wants to buy and drive EVs anymore? Not me. An optimal time to purchase EVs in the States is, well, right now. You might think, oh, if I wait till January the 1st, federal tax credit moves to the dealer, it's a discount, it's cash on the hood, if you like. Well, the US market is in the best state it's ever been for buying a new EV if you are indeed a buyer. Now over 50 unique models, more than double from two years ago. EV supply in the US has increased. There's more on dealer lots. That's what people have been asking for forever. As far as I'm concerned, cars are now on dealer lots with some discounts and not with massive markups. And all of a sudden, we're now being told, oh, EVs are sitting on dealer lots. That must mean nobody wants to buy and drive EVs anymore. Who's ever said that? Not me. (laughs) And yet now, just like combustion cars, dealers buy a car, it sits on their lot until a buyer comes in and they do a deal. Apparently that's a bad thing for EVs. Whereas when you were waiting a year and a half to get your car from the factory, that was also a bad thing. Some people are never happy, are they? Well, EV distribution is uneven right now in the US. Obviously, states like California are doing very well. Sales of EVs are surging in the US right now. Uh, You might see the headlines suggesting... There's some sort of doubt or debate over EVs being the future, but sales have never been stronger in the States, two and a half times higher than the last 12 months. In the third quarter, EVs were over 10% of new car sales. That's a huge number. It'll be a million pure EVs this year. And even in a state like Texas, it's 7%. So many of the red states where we're told, oh, people won't buy that because of their political leaning. Nonsense. People are buying EVs. A report suggesting a decline in the EV market. A con contradicted when you just look at the data and the numbers. The the disparity between supply and demand is never going to be perfect. It's always going to be a little bit one way or the other. And the seesaw has gone the other way a little bit for now. And supply is there, but demand is also there. And that's how I see it. But anyway, I thought you'd like a little bit of insight into some of the raw data behind what I think might be some misleading headlines. Well, that's our podcast for today. Thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good and see tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.